constantly that he was tired and needed to rest, apart from when he was eating. And the nervous husband, with his suit and raincoat, hat, gold-rimmed glasses and brown leather case, he was a moaner too. None of it mattered to the Andorans. They simply ignored it. They knew the leather case contained the family's remaining wealth. Jewellery, no doubt. Perhaps even gold. And cash. Their cash had to be in the case, too. That was why it never left the man's side. With another loud cough, the Andoran took a final drag on his cigarette and threw down the butt, grinding it into the earth with the sole of his boot. Suddenly, a terrifying, piercing scream rang out and echoed across the narrow valley, seeming to bounce off the rock faces surrounding them. The Jewish man froze, and the boy grasped his mother's arm and cried out, Mama! But the woman remained calm, quickly seeing that the Andorans had not flinched at the sound of the scream. There could be nothing to fear, for them at least. A shape passed in front of the sun, and they glimpsed a moving shadow cast on the craggy rocks opposite. The scream came again, even more agonised this time. And then they saw it. High above the rising shadow, an eagle flew towards a peak. In the bird's talons, a marmot writhed and shrieked. As they watched, the screaming stopped, the animal went limp, and the eagle continued majestically upwards. Muttering something to his friends, the leader of the Andorans beckoned to the Parisian, who was clutching his leather case like a shield against his rigid body. Much of their communication had been through signs and gestures, as the Andorans' mix of Catalan, Spanish and rural southern French was as puzzling to the Parisian family as their standard French was to their guides. Before they left Saint-Giron, the Parisian had tried to tell the Andorans about the long and anxious flight south, about being smuggled across the demarcation line into the free zone, and the nerve-jangling train journeys to Toulouse, Carcassonne, Foix, and finally Saint-Giron, where they waited to be met. And all the while, the accompanying fear, the dread, that at any moment their forged papers and passports would be too closely scrutinised. This has already cost us more fortune, he had moaned, handing over to the Andorran leader the thick wad of banknotes that made up half the fee for leading them safely over the mountains. The rest was due when they crossed into Spain. The Andorrans simply shrugged and pocketed the cash, and the Parisian fell silent, wisely deciding to save his energy for the long, gruelling walk to freedom. Now they were almost there. They had to be. The Parisian stood up, nodded to his wife and son, and, with the case still grasped tightly in one hand, walked over to the Andoran, who smiled at him for the first time since their journey had begun, and then pointed in the direction they had been travelling. Spain, he said. Almost in Spain. The other man nodded, understanding. Come, I'll show you where we go next, the Andoran said, striding away and beckoning for him to follow. The Parisian hesitated for a moment, glanced back at his wife with a look of confusion, and then hurried after the Andoran. He caught up with him, rounding a turn in the narrow path, and they continued for another twenty metres or so to where a small plateau gave a clear view through distant peaks. The plateau was little more than a ledge, 
with a steep drop down one side to a dense mass of bushes and vegetation far below. Standing back from the edge, the Andoran pointed into the distance. There to the right, the two peaks close together, through there, that is where you're going. The Parisian shook his head. I don't understand, you speak too fast, speak more slowly. The Andoran smiled again and gently took the nervous Parisian by the shoulders, maneuvering him across and in front of him. He leaned down and forward, his cheek close to the other man's, and pointed again. There, follow my arm to where I am pointing. To the right, the two peaks. Squinting through his gold-rimmed glasses, the Parisian craned forward. What am I looking at? Is that Spain? Is that where... They were his final words. With incredible speed, the Andorran whipped a long-bladed hunting knife from somewhere in the depths of his sheepskin jerkin, and in one fluent move pulled back the...